from him who delivers us the truth, and from him who is the truth that sets us free. Come all grace, mercy, and peace to each of you today. Amen. Well, I was going to grab Nathan's guitar and come out and belt out the opening riffs to um, Don't Fear the Reaper. thought that might be appropriate for a Reformation Sunday, but then again, I thought, nah. <laughs> first of all, it wouldn't sound right without the words, and secondly, I can't sing. So, But I remember the first time I heard that song. Many, many years ago, I was with a group of friends who had just bought my ticket to go into a fun house. I'm in this fun house with all these scary things popping up me when that song comes on, Don't Fear the Reaper. It's kind of ironic in a couple of different ways. Now I look back at the absurdity of it. How ironic it was that I paid for a ticket to go get scared. <laughs> Secondly, where all these creepy things were popping out at me and trying to frighten the daylights out of me, and this song, Don't Fear the Reaper, comes on. I guess what I'm trying to wrap my head around is that, you know, we, we pay to go to haunted houses and Halloween horror nights and buy movie tickets to see a scary movie. But we'll turn a blind eye or pass up the free gift of security, of peace, of salvation. Maybe that's because people don't think that hell is actually real. Then again, there's people in this world who think that Scary movies and, and the things that they see on TV are real. It's just amazing how our minds work and what we feel are threats and are non-threats in this world. But here's the real scary thing. And that's it. There are people in this world who are running around going through their lives enslaved to sin, facing the real possibility of death. And I'm not talking of physical death. And they're either turning a blind eye to it, they're naive about it, or they just don't think it's a real possibility. Today, for much of the known world, is Halloween on the calendars. And for much of the world, they celebrate it like it's an unofficial holiday with decorations and parties and costumes and everything. But this also happens to be the day that we, that we celebrate and recognize the Reformation. On October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses to the doors of the Schlosskirche, or the Castle Church in Wittenberg. These were the propositions for debate, and they concerned indulgences. Now, if you don't know what an indulgence is, in the Catholic theology, it's the partial of a full remission of punishment for sins. And in that day and age, the Catholic Church was very much engaged in selling of indulgences. The papacy controlled the consciences of men. They were basically selling off these indulgences, a permit that says that your sins are paid for. Your future sins are paid for. You can pay for the sins of your loved ones who are rotten in purgatory right now. They were feeding. They were profiting off of souls. Not a lot of people could read and write back then, so they were, they were at the mercy of the clergy and those who could. Think of this for a moment. These people lived in fear. If you didn't have money, you couldn't pay off your sins. They were living in the real fear of their salvation or lack thereof. That's scary. Now think about this for a moment. Today we pay to go to scary movies and haunted houses. We're paying to be scared. And they were trying to pay for peace and security. But This is what happens when one doesn't know or experience God's Word. 
For to know God's word is to know truth. Jesus tells those Jewish people who believe in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you, know, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But what is it, Jesus? What is the truth? How does it liberate us? Paul tells us the truth about God's Word. The law holds the whole world accountable to God. Paul says this, For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. And we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God, and there's nothing we can do about it to reconcile ourselves. Been there, done that, doesn't work. Paul says this, too. He tells us that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but he says we are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, who God put forth as a propitiation by the blood to be received in faith. What greater knowledge to possess than to know that God has taken care of this for us, pouring out His wrath on His only Son. This is a gift we've been given in the word and water of baptism as we're washed of our original sin. It's a gift that we were renewed in every time we repent and seek God's forgiveness. But it's also a gift, my friends, not to be taken lightly, not to be misused. It was October 25th, 1517, six days before Martin Luther would nail his theses to the doors in Wittenberg, that he delivered a sermon in a chapel of the castle of Duke of George the Bearded in Dresden, Saxony. He said in part this, Our salvation must ever remain our foremost concern. Man can only obtain it through faith in Christ Jesus, not by his own good works. Thereafter, at the dinner table, the duke asked Barbara von Sala, his wife's companion, Well, how did you like Brother Martin's sermon? And she replied, Ah, let me hear just one more like it, and I can die in peace. Well, obviously, this made the duke very fiery mad because he said, I'd give much money not to have heard it. It makes men secure and reckless in sin. Two very different reactions to this. One lady who hears it and sees the peace that comes from it, and another man who thinks that if people hear it, they're going to treat it as a license to do whatever they want to do. Reminds me of people that Jesus dialogues with in our gospel lesson today who tell Jesus that they are descendants of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone and question how they can become free. Well, if you read on past our allotted reading today, you'll find that they're so stuck in their past, they can't see what Jesus is doing for the future. Now, here's a thought from Paul from Romans 6. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Paul tells us that sin will not rule over us because we are under grace, not under the law. If you want to look at it another way, we will sin if we're under the law. For sin will then have dominion over us. Because we'll continually try to get ourselves out of it and lean more and more into it. And if we try to go back under the law, then sin will rule us. But we should want to be under grace because we know that we can't keep the law perfectly. And then grateful, we go forth liberated in God's word to do his work in his kingdom. But then how does grace set us free from the law? Paul tells us again in Romans 6, 
We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free. Believers in Christ have been spiritually crucified with Christ and been set free from the law and sin through Christ's death and his resurrection. This is the truth that Jesus speaks of to those Jewish people. And to know this truth, one must abide in it. To abide in the truth gives us the whole picture that God has for all of his creation. I'm reminded of a, a friend of mine years ago, a coworker of mine, who told me one Monday morning about this experience he had babysitting his kids as his one, wife went off to the hair salon that Sunday. And my friend is telling me that he had to keep, he was tasked with keeping his children occupied for a few hours. He had a three-year-old and a 10-year-old, so the three-year-old would give a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and stuck her off in the corner with Barney playing on the TV. And his son, he, he cut out a full-size map of the United States, cut it up into pieces, wad them up, threw them on the floor, and told his son, treat it like a jigsaw puzzle and put it back together. Well, about three minutes went by, and his son came up to him and told my friend Paul, he said, Daddy, I put it back together. There it is. And he looked at him in amazement. He said, it only took you three minutes to do that. How'd you do it? And he goes, well, first I thought all these pieces would be impossible. But then I saw on the back side of one of the pieces, the corner of somebody's eye. And I started turning them all over, and I saw a picture of a man. So I just assembled it all together. He said, Dad, once I had the man together, the U.S. took care of itself. I thought about that story that my friend told me. I'm like, wow, how true is that? That when you have the picture of the man, of Christ, that life really truly becomes together for us. That we know what life is about. That we know it truly, how it is to be liberated and freed in Christ. But I wonder sometimes if we, if my, I myself, are not the ones who are naive to all this, or don't believe that hell is real, or just turn away from God's Word because it makes us that uncomfortable. Because we don't want to hear what He's speaking to us. But what are we afraid of? What are we afraid of that God's going to be telling us in His Word? Are we afraid that we're going to have to give up something that we find comfort in? Are we afraid that we're going to have to to sometimes upset people with the things that we say or do or don't say or don't do? I wonder. But that happens when we're not in the truth. So today, this day that we celebrate Reformation, I pray that we will reform ourselves around God's Word. That we would come back to it. That we would abide in the truth. That we would know what the truth is and be set free by it and live in that freedom. I pray that we commit to reforming ourselves in God, that the truth sets us free, the truth that is God's grace, the truth that expels all of our fears, the truth that says that we don't need to fear the reaper. For Jesus says in John 8, 52, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. In this word we have been given, we can joyfully say together today, we are free. We are free indeed. Hallelujah. And to God be all the glory. Amen.